Cozy Nook Explorers. I'm Jackie. And I'm John. And we are the Cozy Nook Explorers. Welcome to our show, where we explore the world from our cozy nook here in a guest room in Southern California using the power of the internet. Yes, and it's Wednesday, which means it's time for another exploration. Today we are going to Zion National Park. It's October, so I thought it was really important to do some leaf peeping on the show. Zion is known for its amazing fall foliage and... Wow, it really doesn't disappoint. So my favorite fall leaves are the ones that are a deep red, although I really like the yellow leaves too. What about you, John? Leaves. You don't appreciate the fall foliage? I appreciate the fallen leaves increase the microbial activity in the soil. And I appreciate that they are pretty. (laughs) Before we head to Utah, what's keeping you cozy this week, John? The thing that's keeping me cozy this week uh, is watermelon. Uh, Watermelon is the most refreshing of natural foods in the summertime. Uh, Mm. I have not experienced anything that was an instant relief when it was very, very hot. A cucumber? Hmm. No, no, watermelon has a beat because you you can uh like consume a uh a a watermelon whereas like you have to nibble on a cucumber. I I disagree, but hey, this is your keeping a cozy <laughs> moment. <laughs> so, couple questions. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer seedless or regular watermelon? Uh seedless. Mm. Okay. And have you ever seen an impressive watermelon carving? Like I was looking online and they have like, um, you know, somebody will cut the watermelon to look like a shark, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I, I have seen a watermelon carving of Paris or at least the Eiffel Tower and some surrounding stuff. No way. Yeah, I thought that was Where did impressive. you see that? Let's see. This was, it was in Southern California and I was a teenager. It was, it was a fair. I think it might've been the corner. Corn Festival in Whittier, California. Oh, sounds thrilling. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know I'd actually be like, we have to go to the Corn Festival. Yes. All right. And and Jackie, what's keeping you cozy? Okay. So what's keeping me cozy this week is my search for canned pumpkin. It was mid-September, or or it basically is... eh, No, actually, it's the end of September now when we're recording this, but mid-September, I decided it was time to start making pumpkin treats because, in my mind, it was the fall, and obviously that means buying canned pumpkin, but I couldn't find it anywhere. I was actually really concerned that the West Coast doesn't like pumpkin as much as the East Coast, because now we're on the West Coast, and I was like, why don't these people have pumpkin? I'm so confused. And then I was like, is there a pumpkin shortage? I went online. I was Googling. I went to four to five stores. I couldn't order it online to... I couldn't find it. Like, I ordered it, and then my order would be canceled. There was all sorts of weird stuff, too, kind of like, you know, places that were selling it for, like, $10 a can. It was, it was odd. Um, but just a few days ago I was in Aldi and Aldi had it. And so it was a huge win, especially because Aldi did not have it the week before. And what will you be baking with your canned pumpkin? So I just made pumpkin cookies. Now, John, you actually had a pumpkin cookie. What did you think? It was 
more reminiscent of a pumpkin pie cookie. Yeah. I would I would say that like when you think pumpkin cookies, you think something of the consistency of cookies. But this was much more like you bite into it and you think, hmm, that is pumpkin pie. Yeah, I was thinking that too, which is great. Like I'm not mad at it. Um, but it definitely it was the first time I did the recipe, so it was fun to see how they came out. And is uh can pumpkin like pumpkin pie filling or is it different? So they do sell pumpkin pie filling, but what I was looking for was just pumpkin. So um, there's no nothing additional in it. It's just pureed pumpkin. And then you add in your own sugar and spices and things like that. All right. Well, then uh, to further celebrate the fall, uh, shall we head to Zion National Park? Yeah, let's get leaf peeping. Let's go. Okay, so we need to talk about how the rock climbers make their cute little campsites and the bats. Um, what? You know, when they camp on the side of the cliff during the multi-day climbs and the bats? Oh, yes. Um, Zion National Park is home to some amazing cliffs. Uh, There are some cliffs that are 2,000 feet high vertical climbs. And it is a very popular place for rock climbers to explore. A lot of the climbs take multiple days, and you are probably wondering how that works, because I sure was. What they do is make a little campsite and sleep on the side of the cliff. It's wild. I'm afraid of heights, so that's my worst nightmare. (laughs) But if climbing is your happiness, you may want to look into this, because you can totally do it at Zion. It's amazing. Uh, And you mentioned bats? Yes, the bats. So multiple bat species live in the cliffs that the rock climbers use. During the winter, they hibernate in the chimneys and cracks. And in the summer, they use the cracks to stay away from predators and raise their babies. Oh, do you know what a baby bat is called? A pup. A pup. (laughs) So the bats are really important to the Zion ecosystem. But they are... There is an invasive fungus that is killing the hibernating bats by the millions. Oh, no. Yeah, I know, right? So the park biologists need to know where the bats are in the cliff. So they ask the climbers to send them the name and the location of the climb if they see any bats, and if it's safe to take a photo, to take one with their phone. This way, the biologists can go and check on the bats and make sure that the fungus isn't there and help them. That's amazing. Um, what would you do if you were climbing up a cliff and saw a cave of bats? So for me to be in that position, a lot of terrible things would have needed to happen to me. (laughs) So I imagine a really bad day had just turned for the worst at that point. Well, that brings me uh, to my next point. Mm. Uh, I wanted to go over some safety before we head into the park. Uh, First, wear proper shoes that have grips and can deal with slippery surfaces. Second, carry a gallon of water per person per day and drink it because it is very hot during the summer. Uh, Then stay on the trail, stay back from the cliff edges, observe posted warnings, and always keep an eye on children that are with you. Yes, you must watch the little babies. (laughs) Um, avoid contact with wildlife because they don't want to be disturbed. Uh, cause you know, it's not very cozy, but it's very important 
If you see a rockfall, move safely away from the cliffs. Mm, and on that note, welcome to Zion National Park in southwest Utah. It's basically a young Grand Canyon and the third most visited national park in the United States. Well, um, they uh, they actually call the Grand Canyon, Zion, and Bryce National Park the sedimentary staircase because they just keep moving up. Um, so uh, how to explain this? Uh, so the elevation of the Grand Canyon is very low and then Zion is medium and then Bryce is high. And they're all kind of along the, the within the same line of each other. Um, so uh, they, they just kept keep stepping up. I know that was probably a weird, weird uh, explanation there. Kind of. Uh, but yes, <laughs> uh, but um, within Zion, there are actually nine layers of uh, geological sedimentary rock. And this place is big. Uh, Zion National Park is 148,016 acres or 296.032 Disneylands with pre-pandemic numbers puts roughly 4 million people a year visiting there. As you alluded to, most of the rocks in the canyon are sedimentary rocks, which I remember from our Grand Canyon episode. Um, For those who don't know, sedimentary rock is made from a bunch of bits of old rock that deposit into layers and make a really neat canyon, basically. Yeah, um, and that canyon is formed because the main river that runs through the canyon is the Virgin River. Generally, you are allowed to go in the water of the river and let your dogs go for a swim, but there is currently a toxic cyanobacteria bloom, I'm going to adventure jar that, um, in the river, so you can't go near the water right now, which is a bummer. Zion is not close to any metropolitan areas. Uh, The two closest cities are Salt Lake City, Utah, which is about four hours away by car, and Las Vegas, which is about three hours away by car. So if you are planning to fly to Zion, it's important to know that you will need to rent a car and drive a significant distance after your flight. The closest town to Zion is Springdale. Um, that's actually close, like like actually close, which is really good. Yes, that's really good because Zion National Park only has one hotel and a few campsites on the grounds. Most people stay in Springdale. They even have a shuttle that runs from Springdale to Zion, so you don't need to take your car to the park and deal with parking. It looks like the buses mainly run from March to November, um, but if they aren't running, that means they're at a lower capacity and it's probably much easier to find parking at the park. Also, um, because of the pandemic, shuttle buses are running at 25% capacity right now and you have to make a reservation. All right, so... Let's go hiking. There are tons and tons of trails at Zion, and there is truly something for everyone. They have paved trails and unpaved trails and hikes for every level. Uh, There are over a hundred miles of trails. Uh, And uh, activities other than hiking include horseback riding and river activities. In terms of hiking, the coziest hike seems to be the Canyon Overlook Trail. This trail is about a mile and considered on the easier side. It also has one of the best views of the canyon without all the fuss of some of the more challenging trails. Uh, For a more adventurous hike, 
There is the narrows. Ooh, yes. So this is so neat. <laughs> okay, so basically the canyon walls get really close together at one point and make a narrow path you can walk through. <laughs> but you need to walk through water for a majority of this adventure. Just something good to know. Yeah, it's uh, when and we say when we say walking through water, you are walking through water. Like like almost the tra the trails. What sixteen miles? I don't know. It's definitely not a puddle. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also it's also family friendly. Um, yeah. Uh, that if uh, as long as everyone's prepared to get wet, um, it's actually the most popular hike um, because it's a very uh, very cool view uh, of being at the bottom of a canyon in the water. Um, there are a couple things to be mindful of though. Uh, that there are flash flood warnings, uh, so make sure you don't slip. Uh, and if you rent a pair of neoprene boots and walking sticks. Uh, you can actually be relatively safe on on this this trail. Uh, oh, and when they say narrows, they mean narrows. At one point during the trail, you can almost touch both sides of the walls. And it's so high and narrow uh, that the amount of direct sunlight that you get can be measured in minutes. Mm, nice. Um, oh, and John, I think you meant to say that um, be mindful of flash flood mornings and also, just being mindful of not slipping oh, in the yeah. water. What, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> you said to be, be careful about the flash flood warnings, but and to not slip, like, or like something like basically saying uh, like don't slip, or there'll be a flash flood, uh, which oh, is not. Yeah, yes, no, the, uh, slipping yeah. does not cause flash floods. I want to be very clear there. Yeah, it takes a little more than than that. <laughs> you were, you were actually watching a video on people walking. I uh, was. The, so yeah. something that they did that was cool is that they had walking sticks mm -hmm. to help with their balance. And I thought that was a really good idea because they were able to, um, they were also taking it slow. I think that seems to be a good thing. Like it's not the type of trail you would rush through. You just want to take it slow, maybe bring a walking stick. And also this is not a winter activity. The water is cold. So the best time to do this hike is in the summer months. I'd imagine you could probably get away with it in the spring and the fall, but definitely not the winter. And for more, uh, the, I'd say the most adventurous hikers, uh, there is Angel's Landing Trail. Um, should we talk about that after a quick break? Yeah, sounds good. See you soon. There is nothing like the end of summer, especially when you can celebrate it with a big bowl of freshly cut watermelon. Hi, Stacy. Whoa, that looks good. It sure does. Would you like a wedge of watermelon? Nope, I will just have the cucumber. What? The cucumber. Jack, all I have is watermelon. But the cucumber's on top of the watermelon. No, this is just a watermelon. I guess the cucumber could also be on the bottom of the watermelon. It just depends on how you look at it. Jack, there are no cucumbers in this watermelon. Not in the watermelon, outside the watermelon. Did you name the bowl cucumber? No, that's, that's crazy. This cucumber. Are they in the room right now? Yes. Okay, point to it. Point to the cucumber right now. Right here! You're pointing to a watermelon. I know, but I just want the cucumber. I am not going to the store to buy you some cucumber. Why would you do that when there are perfectly good cucumbers right here? Fine, here you go. You're handing me nothing right now. Are you okay? Am I okay? Am I okay? I am dealing with a person who doesn't seem to realize that there are no cucumbers in this bowl of watermelon and you are calling me crazy. Okay, do it. Grab a cucumber and eat it in front of me. I want to see you do it. Okay. Did you just eat the green part of a watermelon? Yep. It's called the cucumber and it's completely edible. Now I know you're crazy. Watermelon. 
When you find someone's edge, you can remind them they can go a bit further. Okay, so the Angel's Landing Trail. I did a virtual tour of this hike because I know I will never take part in real life. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think I'll be passing as well. Uh, It's a very popular hike. Uh, and the most dangerous hike in Zion, but if you're skilled enough and brave enough, it looks like the adventure of a lifetime. For those who would like to hike to the top of Angel's Landing virtually, I will include a link in the show notes to the tour that I did. Um, What did you learn on the tour? Oh, lots of things. So Angel's Landing is 1,488 feet high, and the hike is about four hours round trip and about five miles. I saw that it got its name from uh, Frederick Fisher in 1916, and he took one look at the peak and proclaimed, only an angel could land on it. Oh, that's so nice. There is a part of the hike that's called Refrigerator Canyon, Mm. where the cliff hangs over the hiking area. So there is shade and there's a blast of cool air. There are lots of plants and animals that flourish in this part of the canyon because it's cooler and more protected from the elements. And guess what it's known for? Mm, I don't know. It's fall Foliage. Oh, yes, I should have known. Ah, it's so beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, So the trail to the top of Angel's Landing was constructed in 1925, and the idea was spearheaded by a man named Walter Reusch, R-U-E-S, or, yeah, R-U-E-S-C-H, who was the superintendent of Zion at the time. Uh, Didn't he want to create the path... Like, purely so he could see the the view from the top, like, just so he could see it? Yes, that's correct, John. (laughs) I love that it was kind of a selfish endeavor, but he also wanted others to be able to enjoy the view as well. uh, Tell everyone what happens when you get near the top. Okay, so you have three choices once you get to a point called Scout's Landing, which is 1,000 feet above the canyon floor. So, number one, you can enjoy the view, pat yourself on the back, and head back down the cliff. Two, you can continue on the West Rim Trail for some additional really nice views. And three, you can climb to the top of Angel's Landing, which is another 400 feet up. You do so by climbing up a, and I quote, narrow spine of rock to the top. Some sections are just a few feet wide with sheer cliffs dropping down the side, but don't worry, they have a chain for you to hold on to while you climb, so Ooh. I guess everything's fine. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> I know, right? It's just watching the people. Oh my gosh, definitely check out a video or something of people climbing up to the top. It's wild. It's amazing that they offer this hike for people that would be interested, but I was very happy sitting on the couch with my blanket and my tea, looking at the photos of the other people climbing up. Also, please don't try this unless you are a really experienced climber or hiker and enjoy heights. Uh, The view from the top looks amazing, though. Agreed. So the other thing that I learned during the virtual tour is that people have been visiting Zion National Park since prehistoric times. According to the National Park's website, archaeologists have found artifacts uh, from the archaic culture from dates of 7000 BC to 300 BC from the Fremont and uh, ancestral Puebloan uh, cultures that date from 300 BC to uh 1225 AD. There's also artifacts from the southern 
Paiute culture? P-A-I-U-T-E. Yeah, I think I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, dating from uh, 1250 AD to today. Mormons have also lived and farmed at Zion since the 1850s, and the Paiute and Mormons still live in the area today. Uh, I would like to talk about Mount Carmel Tunnel. Mmm, caramel. Not caramel. Carmel. It just sounds like you're saying caramel with an accent. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mount Carmel Tunnel is like one of the most awe-inspiring things ever. Uh, it's a mile-long tunnel through a mountain that connects two highways. Oh, wow. How did they build it? Dynamite. That'll do it. <laughs> and uh, they built six small tunnels above it so they could have six different crews working on it at the same time. And surprisingly, it only took three years to make. And if you're looking for a natural tunnel, they have one that is in the shape of a subway tunnel. Do you know what that one's called? Subway tunnel. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, and it has a round overhang that looks just like an old-fashioned subway tunnel, but it was made by Mother Nature without dynamite. That's so cool. Yeah, not as fun, though. <laughs> mm, I guess not. I guess it depends on your version of fun. Yes. <laughs> well, that's about it over here. Anything else? Uh, oh, yes. Uh Coleb Arch, uh, which is the world's second largest freestanding arch, uh, is 287.4 feet long, and it's only three feet shorter than the largest arch in the world, which is in Arches National Park. Do you have anything else? The warning about flash floods in Zion is no joke. So I saw a video of a flash flood going down the river, and it is insane. The river is running totally normal. Then out of nowhere, there's just tons of water that's carrying sticks and rocks and all sorts of things, and it is barreling down the river at an insane speed and intensity. I, you do not want to be anywhere near that if it's happening. The Virgin River moves a million tons of material from the canyon each year. And most of it happens during these flash floods. And that makes sense. Anything else? Yes. So the ideal time for leaf peeping and seeing the fall foliage is late September, early October. I saved the most important fact of the podcast for last. Uh, and on that note, uh, we'll be back uh, with our community shout out after a word from our sponsor. Where has the canned pumpkin gone? It's so hard to find where has the canned pumpkin gone did it leave me behind i got the canned pumpkin you asked for where at the store how i got the canned pumpkin you asked for on aisle four and they have more what are you doing go get more Every episode, we like to research and highlight something special in the community that we are exploring. Today's community shout-out is the Zion National Park Forever Project. They're a nonprofit organization in partnership with the National Park Service. According to their website, their mission is to engage in collaborative efforts with federal agencies, gateway communities, and guests to create connections to the greater Zion landscape that will lead to lifelong stewardship. 
I love how they have three phase phrases all over their website. Um, improving today, informing tomorrow, and protecting forever. Their mission is to keep Zion National Park as a wonderful tourist destination while maintaining and protecting the park and all the wildlife that live there for the future. They also have classes you can take for a reasonable fee like poetry in the park. Hmm. And you can go hiking with a naturalist who will teach you all about the geology, flora, fauna, and cultural history of Zion. Oh, those both sound like so much fun. I'd want to take a hiking tour in the fall so I could ask all about the changing leaves. We will include their website in the show notes. Yes, and I'd recommend checking out the website because they currently have a virtual art show going on called Art in the Time of COVID. A handful of really talented visual artists made some beautiful art, and they are selling it to benefit Zion National Park. And you can see all the paintings on their website in a little gallery. They also talk about the different artists. It's really neat to see something online that traditionally you would have only been able to see in person at the park. That is wonderful. You could also donate to their website as well. Alrighty, so that's the show. Thank you so much to our wonderful producer, Charles. Thank you, Charles. And thank you to our listeners. It means the world to us that you take the time to listen to our show. Yes, thank you so much. If you've been enjoying this podcast, we'd love it if you took the time to rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps the show. Uh, Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Cozy Nook Explorers or send us an email at CozyNookExplorers at gmail.com. Let us know. Uh, what you think we should be doing next, like where we should go. And we would love to hear what's keeping you cozy. We will be back in two Wednesdays with our next exploration. Yes, on Wednesdays we explore. It'll be our Halloween episode, so get ready for a spooky time. Not if I have anything to say about it, and I do, so it won't be too spooky, I promise. (sighs) Stay cozy, and we'll see you soon. (laughs) 